remember when you first started to discover new music? Maybe you grew up listening to whatever your parents did, or maybe an older sibling. Then someone, possibly a friend, introduced you to something completely different. The excitement, the curiosity, it was exhilarating, even maybe a little strange. Soon you discover there's a whole world of music out there. Genres with subgenres, Decades and decades of music with almost infinite possibilities. Maybe it wasn't music for you. Maybe it was food or art or TV or movies. Whatever it was, it's the realization that there's a whole world of other possibilities, other forms, different ways of knowing and experiencing the world around you. Now, what if I told you that the way most people think about learning and memory, intelligence, was equivalent to thinking country music was the only kind of music out there, or that fast food restaurants were the only kind of restaurants out there? As it turns out, the centralized model of smart brain telling dumb body what to do is only one of many ways to learn, remember, and think. It's the model we're used to because it's the model we grew up with. While we still don't have the brain completely figured out, it's a familiar and easy model. It's the traditional centralized model with sensory neurons sending information to the brain for processing and the brain sending instructions back. Moreover, this has been the paradigm we sought in other living things, and when we didn't find it, we largely dismissed that organism's cognitive ability. We now know there are so many other ways to collect information, process it, understand it, and even remember it. Plants, slime molds, octopuses, ants, just to name a few, all have methods to learn and remember that don't look anything like ours. So what, you ask? How does a mold that can learn have any impact on my life? I have real things to do and real places to be. Well, the truth is, this centralized model forms the framework for so much of our 21st century lives. It's how we organize our schools, our businesses, and our governments. Information funneling up to central processing, decisions go out. The computers, smartphones, and other technology gadgets we use all rely on sensors collecting information and having it processed by a central processing unit called a CPU. Some of the most advanced artificial intelligence systems are built on this centralized decision-making architecture where data comes in, it's processed, and results are generated. What if we could learn new ways to organize our businesses, process the information in our modern lives, and even create new AI systems not based on centralized models? Could we create energy efficiencies that cascade through our entire network? Could companies produce better products? Could governments trim bureaucracy and become more responsive to the needs of the governed? Hello, and welcome to the Intangible Insights Podcast, a podcast where we focus on insights from the natural world that we interact with all the time, but never notice. Each episode will tell the story of how pioneers are taking a fresh and sometimes first look at nature, the insight database in plain sight. This episode will kick off a series of discussions on cognition in the natural world. Episodes on this topic will span the entire season and be mixed in with other episodes. I do not purport to have all the answers because we are just now recognizing that some of these models of cognition even exist. What I would like to do in these episodes is shed light on their existence, share what we know, and consider how they could apply to our world. In the end, my hope is that we can use this to widen our aperture to discover, 
connect, and innovate. I'd like to start this series by laying out my case for why centralized thinking in a decentralized world is suboptimal. Let me first define the centralized model. This is a model where data or information is gathered, fed into a central processing function where decisions are made and instructions are sent back. This model is essentially a series of one-way flows. Information goes to the decision makers and instructions are sent out. In this model, little, if any, decision-making is allowed in the periphery or the edge. Often decisions can't be made there because the edges lack the information required to make a decision. By the very design of these systems, that required information is being routed one way and not shared with the edges. This model is essentially a spoke and hub model. It's the model we see being used over and over by human designed systems. It's what we know, it's what we're used to. Take for example, most organizations we are in, whether professional, personal, spiritual, or social. In most of these organizations, information flows up through some levels of management to a central decision-making element. In some companies, nonprofits, social, and spiritual organizations, the decision-making might be a single person, in others it might be a group or a committee. Of course, most organizations realize this central decision-making element can't possibly make all of the decisions, so they decide on rules to guide lower-level decision-making. Regional directors at a nonprofit, for example, may be allowed to make purchases less than $5,000 without getting permission. Store managers can hire and fire hourly employees. Religious clergy may manage the budget of their local place of worship. This is not dissimilar, though, to our own bodies. Hands can instantly retract from a pain signal, which is processed in the spine, not the brain. A small subset of rules-based actions are delegated to lower-level areas. While this may appear to be decentralized decision-making, it's not. When these groupings are mapped, it is the same hub-and-spoke model, just on a somewhat smaller scale. These sub-organizations often roll up to a single decision-maker, and that person, while allowed to make some decisions, must still report to even higher levels of management. It is almost impossible to find a human organization of more than 50 people where complex enterprise decisions are being made throughout the organization in a truly decentralized manner. What then is the alternative? Or are we just going to spend our time admiring the problem? Fortunately for us, alternatives are all around us. Octopuses have most of their neurons in their arms, and these arms can independently make a wide range of essential decisions. Social insects such as bees, ants, and termites can create enormous and complex structures without any individual or leadership team being in charge. Plants which lack neurons completely can learn, remember, and adapt their behavior. The amount of data that a tree can process in real time would embarrass some of our most advanced AI systems. As noted by many thinkers, writers, and orators, our modern world is no longer a complicated but linear system. It is now a complex system where small perturbations in one part of the system can have significantly magnified impacts on other parts. This was made apparent in 2020 with the COVID pandemic. A virus hit this fragile, complex system just right, 
and the cascade of effects reverberated throughout. Our centralized decision-making process largely failed, whether that was in government, business, or society. Throughout this series, we will dive a little deeper into the alternative models from nature that can allow us to evolve away from centralized thinking in a decentralized world. Thank you all for becoming part of the Intangible Insights community. If you want to stay connected, hop on over to intangibleinsights.net. That's intangibleinsights.net. And finally, our music comes from the album American Dream Soundtrack by Mont Plaisir.